Welcome to Sex and Violence, the blood and boobs uh, movie podcast hosted and by... And penises. And penises. Every fucking Every time. time. Got Every penises. time. Right, trying to bring the female audience in here, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, hosted by myself, Ryan Snyder, and my co-host... Gabriel Mara. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Oh, it's been a wonderful day. What'd you see this week, dude? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I saw Live by Night, the new Ben Affleck movie. Uh, it's a drag. Everybody, I'm so sorry, and I am a big fan of um, Affleck, but it, it's a drag. It's what happens when a talented person has his attention spread out over way too many things and tries to direct and tries to write and tries to star and it just it just doesn't work and it's a huge bummer and everyone else in it's great El Fanning El Fanning I think I'm not too familiar with the cast on that yeah. um, El Fanning great in it great 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 big fan of her but uh, see it at your own risk I guess what yeah. about you Ryan uh, well actually I meant to ask you about that what did, which one did you hate more Batman v Superman or Live by Night Oh, I, I, I took live. I took Batman versus Superman as a personal slight. Okay. Same like, but I mean, I, I hate Man of Steel so much, and there's redeeming parts to Batman versus Superman. So I, I don't hate. Well, I do hate Batman versus Superman, but I just think that's man, it's all about that ultimate director's cut. That extra thirty no, minutes. I, I saw most of it. Didn't add anything for me. It just, it just made a movie that was too long even longer. longer. <laughs> like, didn't, you know, Batman versus. Not to make this into a Batman versus Superman talk, but that movie needed to be one hundred minutes shorter, and it could have been done with the efficiency and brilliance of something like The Incredibles, and it wasn't. It was a snooze fest that also made me angry. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I'm Live By Night, uh, it's just unfortunately a not great movie made by the guy who made Gone Baby Gone, which I think is a fucking incredible movie. I'd love that movie, dude. It's, it's so fantastic. Uh, I saw Family Business. What's that? It is a, uh, I have a little bit of a movie club going on right now with a, a two guys, and uh, the movie club basis right now is watching like every single Sean Connery Mm. movie that's ever been made so we watched 1989's family business and it's a uh, comedy crime caper sure so you have to listen to the the, the top three guys and it. it's uh sean connery as the awesome. grandfather his son is played by dustin hoffman oh wow dustin hoffman's son is played by matthew broderick wow it's really bizarre i expected to really like not enjoy it at all because like that's such an odd cast it's yeah 89 was such like a, uh-huh. a late 80s early 90s was a really bad time for movies in my opinion mm-hmm. i mean for every good fellas there's you know 30 other really yeah. shitty movies that came out around that time but More honestly like bad fellas i didn't actively hate it Very really nice <laughs> <laughs> um i've never heard of this movie at uh, all i never heard it before this either it's it I, I didn't hate it i didn't mm-hmm. love it like i'm not running out to go buy it on dvd but like it's one of those movies that like your dad would be like zooming through or uh, you know browsing through TV on like a Sunday afternoon and it's mm-hmm. like oh I saw this movie once click watch <laughs> your dad Sean Connery yeah <laughs> so it's it, it's not bad I mean if you see it on Netflix and you got nothing else to check out check sure. it out but I mean it's, it's alright <laughs> what, what, what's it about what, they it's, run a family uh, business no uh, the uh, Sean Connery is uh, of course Scottish in this movie he doesn't sure. drop his accent wonderful he makes a lot of racist comments in it okay a lot like, of not just, like, he, he doesn't hit on any, like, black or Hispanic, like, things. He calls, like, a, a Chinese guy a chank. He starts calling, like, people dumb Polak and shit sure. like that. It's really bizarre, but it's 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 cute racism, I guess, because no, yeah, it's coming like, from uh, Sean Connery. Like, what's it called? Um, Gran Torino, one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's, very charming it's, stuff. It's adorable. Um, so, pretty much, he's, a, he's, like, a career criminal. 
and he had taken his son Dustin Hoffman as like a, a criminal throughout like when he was growing up and at the age of like 21 uh, Dustin Hoffman decides to go straight not be involved in crime anymore sure so he wants to you know create a better life for his son and get some all these like fancy schools because he's a super smart kid and the kid kind of resents him for it because he wanted to be like a criminal too like his grandfather mm-hmm. so the professor at MIT where Matthew Broderick is studying uh, studying uh, gives him an opportunity for some kind of like heist to go steal some shit. Okay. And the three of them go and steal some shit and hijinks ensue. Sure. I wonder why it was, was it was it panned? I mean, I've never heard of it. I assume it was. It was, yeah, I mean, it's not like awful, but it was pretty much panned upon its release. I think Roger Ebert gave it like a, a meh kind of review. Like, sure. it's good, but See, one of those. That's something that always I find interesting. It's like the time and a place will often dictate whether or not a movie is good or how well it's received. Like, for all you know, this movie had this movie come out in 1984, it would have been like, whoa, have you seen this movie? Family business of all these people? Yeah, Maybe like, around in 89, it was just a bizarre confluence of everyone was sick of all three of those people. That's so, how The Thing was reviewed back in the day. Like, so yeah, the, the Thing was, like, hated, and then, you know, ten years later, revisited by critics, and like, hmm, the rare time we're gonna admit, we were assholes. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it's a movie I genuinely enjoyed last year. It was uh, Burnt, the movie starring uh, Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. where he plays a chef. And I think that that's a perfectly fine movie. I think it's even a pretty decent one. It's just that if it had come out before the world's been inundated of food porn, I think that food porn's become such a thing that people are like, ugh, I don't want another movie about a bad boy chef. Yeah. But if it had been like, oh, four and this movie came out, it probably would have been a hit. People would have been really into it. If it would have come out before chef. Yeah, it's like a, it's a fetishized food movie about an angry chef. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into that kind of thing. See, the only people who have, like, positively, like, reviewed that movie to me are Angry Chefs. Mm-hmm. So I can't trust opinions. Angry Bartender. <laughs> angry Chefs are like, you should go watch this movie about an angry chef. I'm like, yeah. I already spend 40 <laughs> hours a week with you. Don't need another two of my days off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't really do too much uh, new movie watching this week um, other than, you know, our choice which we will reveal shortly what we watched we revealed it last week though for keen-eyed listeners and also people who read the heading on this you know on your phone yeah well i don't know <laughs> random click sure so what else we got in uh i got a few movie news things I movie to jump news Sing the a movie news theme song right movie news movie news it's time for the movie news hey uh, All right, go on. Uh, yeah, Academy Award uh, nominations released today. That was today, yeah. It was racking so this up is with probably uh, like a month from now when people are listening to this. So probably it's, um, when is it? When is the Oscars? It's going to be the twelfth because I believe it's the week after the Super Bowl. I think. Okay. Um, so don't everyone, quote me on you it. can listen back to this and like laugh about how wrong we were or how right we were. <laughs> La La Land takes home every single one of the 14 awards it's it nominated really for. It really will. It's, it's, uh, that has Best Picture ran all over it. Did you notice that uh, Suicide Squad was nominated for, for exactly an Oscar? one Oscar for Best Costume and Hairstyling. <laughs> of course it was. That's funny. I was uh, really disappointed to see that Deadpool got snubbed just because I really wanted Ryan Reynolds to like have that to like brag about, but sure, like it, have that you know that is the it, Robert Downey Jr. nomination for uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I really wanted you know him to have that, but uh, is Deadpool an uh, actual Academy Award winning movie? Probably no, not. But neither is Suicide Squad. That's a good point. Although you know Jared Leto's hair looks so good. It looks so good. Like I wonder for which character they're like, yeah, that's the Oscar hair. I'm like, Harley's hair looks fine. Uh. Croc doesn't have any. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe uh, Cara Delevingne. Yeah, it's good. That's a good pronunciation. Yeah. Good job. 
<laughs> I don't need to know. I saw. I saw. That, I gave her chick. my money. I saw Paper Towns. She has my money already. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight title mm-hmm. reveal uh, revealed finally. I did not actually get to talk to you about this until just this yes, moment, so right. I'm excited to hear what your mm-hmm. your thoughts are. I thought Force Awakens was kind of like a dorky title. Yeah, I didn't really. I it was cryptic. I it seemed kind of lame to me. But whatever. Force Awakens is Force Awakens. The Last Jedi, huh? I'm in. I I wonder what yeah. the, it's it's cryptic again with yeah, the red wonder, lettering yeah, instead of the yellow. Cool. Fuck, I love Ryan Johnson so much. I know. Like, I wonder what it means. Who is the last Jedi? Is the plural of Jedi just Jedi? I don't think you say Jedi's. You say just Jedi. So the last Jedi could be all about Luke and Rey and Kylo Ren, Ben as he's known as. Ben. 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 Why do they go with Ben? No, like, why do they go with Ben? I can imagine Luke would call his kid Ben, but like Han Solo and like and like Leia spent like fucking negative five minutes of Ben Kenobi. Yeah, it was like oh that uh, that guy who we uh, who we gave a ride to. Yeah, why was he? Time. I see him being named Luke or who else was a cool person? Call him Wedge. Well, yeah. Wedge Solo. That'd be Wedge fun. Solo. Um, who else is like Han, like or Dash Rendar Dash Solo? That could be a good person to name your kid after. Or what's, what was, uh, what was... <laughs> name my son, Billy D. Yeah, Billy, that'd be so good. What was Jimmy Spitz's character's first name? Did he have one? Bale. Dude, that'd be cool. Bale? Bale Solo? That's Bale a good Ghana. name. Come on, God, why Ben? He didn't know him. That's probably a Luke thing. Um, whoa. What if? What? The product of incest. Mmm. You know, I'm open to that. Yeah. If, and if anyone could sell that, plot. it's going to be Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Or Ron Howard. Eh, Ron Howard. Um, Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Yeah. The funniest show ever about incest. Sorry, never saw it. Oh, it's good. It's, it's, it's I know. Good. Every time we bring this up, you yeah. always tell me to watch it. It's, it's pretty great. And then the very last thing I have as far as like geek news, uh, mm. new Logan trailer, which we did talk about this a little bit, you and yeah. I, which you're not completely sold. Um, it, it Visually, it looks boring. That like I... Like what's the story looks like it's being told? I'm sure it's I'm I'm in. I like the idea of X twenty three. I like I'm sure on paper the script looks like fun. I could see that the Wolverine script on paper I'm sure is fun, but Mangold I don't think is a very good action director. Like but I'm whenever someone asks me about the Wolverine, my response is that in what's supposed to be the epic scene where Wolverine battles his way through the snowy village, I fell asleep because I was bored, and then I woke up and he's fighting the Silver Samurai. And I fell back asleep because I was still bored. And then I woke up and it was over. Hmm. I don't know. I, I have very, very, very high demands for my action, as I've discussed on the show before. And um, I just don't think it looks very good. I mean, it's, it's a lot of quick cutting, a lot of fast motion, and I just. Um, but the emotions look cool. Um, I'm gonna. It has my money. I'm not not gonna go see it. Okay. I'm completely. I was in from the first trailer. I just love that they use the. Uh... The Johnny Cash song in it, which mm-hmm. is actually funny because I was, before we went, uh, started recording, I was watching uh, Walk the Line with uh-huh. Emily, and she had no idea of, you know, she doesn't know anything about directors. I was like, this sure. guy right here is doing Logan. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? You know, got a little bit of a random stupid guy magic to show her, and then she immediately sure. started watching the two Logan trailers, and uh-huh. I was like, yes, I've created a geek. You've done it. So I'm actually super psyched on it. I mean, it's going to be like the the hard R Wolverine, but is it going to be the hard R Wolverine we always wanted? I don't know. But I That's remember how at. thrilled I was when I heard Aronofsky was doing the Wolverine, and then they got like, it's like switching out Edgar Wright for um, other guy. 
Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed, who is a perfectly capable director, who did a perfectly capable movie, but... He's a studio director. He's a studio director, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just was hoping for a master, and I got a worksman. And it's fine. Okay. They do the job. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do the job. But I there's think, no I think Ant-Man is a no good flair. movie. But what it, is it what Edgar Wright would have made? No. Like, I don't know. I think this is going to be a pretty good movie, and I don't know. Hopefully it'll be great. We'll I, see. I, I, I'm trying to think, trying to predict where it's going to fall in, like, level of greatness, because, like, with the last couple of X-Men movies, it's always, like, first two, really good. Third mm-hmm. one, meh. Or even, like, yeah. 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 Last Stand. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I think that was, like, one of the first times I walked out of a theater. Really? You didn't yeah. finish it? No. not Well, not in theaters. I finished it later at I home. I see. But I was, like, I was very, very upset with that. I just love the way Cyclops is treated in that. Just, like, really? <laughs> he dies off screen and unmourned? That's exactly. so cold. Like, that's not yeah. even cold. That's just bad filmmaking. And cold. Yeah, and then they have the, the stupid little... Uh, after credit scene, it was in that throwaway. Oh, I remember. There was a. I'm throw- sure I ran out of that theater. There was a throwaway line with uh, Moira McTaggart that like, this man is in a coma and his mind is elsewhere. And then the post credits is uh, uh, Xavier's voice, Moira, because oh, he inhabited the other body, which is uh, from what I was reading online years ago. It was Charles's uh, unresponsive twin brother. So that's how they could explain him going back into a identical body. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, that's, that's, fine. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Uh, along these same lines, uh, are you pumped for Legion? Um, no, I, I, I'm kind of You're ambivalent the on it. You're the X Men guy. Here. I'm, I've yeah, never been an X Men guy. I'm, I'm not really sure where they're gonna go with it. I've never been like that big of a fan of the character. Yeah, it's his son, isn't it? It's yeah, it's supposed son? to be his son. I forget with who. It might be with Moira McTaggart. I'm not hmm. sure. But regardless, I'm, I'm not really super excited on it because I don't doing that as like a formulaic like week by week series See, I, there's, there's pluses and drawbacks to that we'll see I'm how in it because turns of out. the people behind it and it's um, Dan Stevens who I love in The Guest even though that movie isn't perfect and Aubrey Plaza I think that all the talent going into it and that's being on effects where they pretty much give carte blanche yeah. I think it might end up being really good I'm probably gonna give watch like the first three episodes love it forget about it for like six months then finish it but I just don't want it to fall into like the, uh, like the way ABC does all those Marvel shows. Oh, I, I think that like, FX is smart enough about it that they're gonna let him have free reign. I mean, like, look at uh, look at Fargo. Have you watched the Fargo TV show? Wait, you're not a Cohen guy. Nope. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to have Danny on the show. He's gonna, we're gonna come at you about Cohen's. It's gonna be great. Oh, uh, we have to. I'm, I'm gonna stack the deck against you then, dude. I have, uh-huh. I'm gonna have two of these hoity-toity movie guys on me and yeah. against Mr. Blue Collar here. <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps up movie news here for us. Anything else before we move into the main event? Oh, um, before we do, since we really didn't go into it too much, what are your Oscar win predictions? My Oscar Besides win predictions? Besides all of La La Land. Unless that is seriously your... That's not an unfair guess. I really do think that uh, La La Land's probably going to take on Best Picture. It, it's like If it doesn't, I will be shocked. Yeah. Uh, I, asked, I was happy to see Arrival. Uh, in that category, I don't yeah. think Arrival will win, but I'm happy it got a couple nods. Are I you really surprised love that Arrival. Amy Adams got snubbed for it. Uh, yeah, performances were like good, but not great. Yeah, I don't think I'm they were Academy like, Award worthy. But I'm like, that's too bad. Yeah, it's it's more of a too bad thing. I don't know 
I gotta, I gotta look, I gotta like actually physically look at the whole list and like think about it. Cause there's a couple things on there I haven't seen, which I meant to. I didn't see Moonlight, which I know everyone's all over that. Yeah. Um, that might be a Dark Horse Best Picture winner. That's I'd, what I. I'd that's be what very, I'm very, Like again, that would be a shock, but. I, if anything's gonna sneak up behind it, I guess also Manchester, which you and I also didn't really like. Yeah, I was surprised to see that even get on Best Picture. Oh, th- th- that's I think that was an inevitability because really? all of the Oscar talk that Affleck's gonna win Best Picture, Best Actor. I'm sure he's gonna win Best Actor. Like, there's, he didn't it, even do too much. <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty good performance. It's just that it's all about like eyeball acting and it's, he does and shoulder acting. It's very muted. It's a very muted performance, but I don't think... And who else was nominated for Best Actor you think has a shot against him? I don't think anyone was, really. Um, I don't know if... I think Gosling has the charisma to pull something like that off, but uh, again, that's I not, that's that, not an Academy best, Award worthy. It wasn't his worthy. best performance, either. No. Like, if, like, he was nominated for, what, Half Nelson, and that's an amazing performance? Yeah, I don't know... Let's see. Yeah, who else is going to be Actor, up against them? Um, yeah, yeah, no. Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw, nope. Well, he got. I didn't even realize that he got nominated for that. Yeah, that's crazy. Vigo for Captain Fantastic. I missed that one. That's probably the only Oscar contender I missed this year, besides Loving, which I regret missing now. This is the, the ads for Loving looked so boring, but apparently I really missed out on not seeing Loving, so I got to get on that. I feel like every time I saw the trailer for Loving, it was after a uh, like <laughs> political campaign spot yeah. on TV. Like oh boy. Read into that what you will. <laughs> Denzel for Fences, I, that's that's a shoe in nomination, but I don't think he's gonna win. Haven't seen that yet. I yeah, he had some big it. talk about it. Yeah. Um. Other than that, um. Any other like uh like predictions? Uh, sporting actress. That's not really much of a race, I don't think. Suicide Squad wins. Yeah, uh, that would be very funny to me. But the only there's other... only two other ones in that uh, category though. Yeah. It's, it's a there? very limited category of people. Uh-huh. I forget. Who all I just remember seeing Suicide Squad, and I was like, it's really? A Man Called Ove and Star Trek Beyond. I don't even know what A Man Called Ove is. Star Trek Beyond? I mean, what did that really have for, like, hair and makeup? Other than, oh, it like, had, Idris Elba. It had, what's her face? Um, Legs Girl from Kingsman as white-faced girl. White, yeah. But, again, that's, yeah, I could do that in my mirror, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Hollywood. Uh, my only other prediction is that uh, Mahershala Ali is going to win Best Supporting Actor. But... Probably. Like he's, uh, you should see Moonlight. It's impressive, even though I wasn't in love with it. I've heard so many good glowing reviews of it that I feel like I I have to give it like another three months till I watch yeah. it. Otherwise, I'm gonna go in with such high oh. expectations. Also, best cinematography goes there too. I think. Just, All right. Oof. Visual, beautiful visual movie. All right, those are the predictions. We'll check back at that in a month. All right. Tweet at us that it was wrong and we are lame. That's perfect. All right, so this week we watched Phantasm, 1979's Phantasm. Phantasm! Which I've... I'm a big horror movie guy, and that is one that escaped me uh, throughout my youth. And, uh, yeah, let's just dive right in. Mm -hmm. Your, uh, your, uh, take on that. My thoughts on Phantasm? I'll let you go first. Sure. I didn't get it. I... Like you, like like my, my my gateway to being a film nerd was you know besides my parents watching good movies my whole life was I didn't really start caring about film personally until I saw three movies it was Reservoir Dogs, uh, Evil Dead Two, and um, Clerks, and those three movies made me realize that I could make movies and I love the motion picture show, and along the Evil Dead Two line I love you know I love schlocky eighties horror films it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things. And I'd always heard about Phantasm. It was this thing that people were like, oh, you haven't seen Phantasm? It's awesome with the ball and the thing. And I'm like, sure. That was always a big selling point was the, yeah. uh, the giant 
the, 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 the ball, the attacking yeah. ball thing. Like, I, like, all right, cool. So I walked in expecting, like, finally, it's like, you're like, oh, let's watch Phantasm, finally. And what we got was a movie about a whiny little boy. Who, and a pedophile ice cream salesman. And a pedophile ice cream salesman. And um, the tall man who... Yeah, he's just tall. He's and just be, tall. And really strong. And really strong. He can lift a whole full coffin up. Yeah, by himself. That's pretty awesome. And he can also turn into a sexy blonde. Oh, my God. Oh, there are so many things about that that are creepy to me. Yeah, he turns like into he a fucks sexy a bunch blonde. of dudes. <laughs> which I honestly, like, I feel like if this movie had narrowed its focus to be about just a scary man who turns into a sexy blonde to fuck dudes and kill them, cool. Or if it had been just about a bunch of, like, little, like, like Jawas killing people cool or if it had been just about flying evil balls cool but I, yeah. and I respect the attempt Don Coscarelli made to make us a personal story about loss at the same time because that was an interesting choice I just think that it, it didn't work maybe because we walked in with sky high expectations yeah I, I expected it to be on par with uh, the rest of the 80s like movies that I saw in my youth mm-hmm. that I still even though like I can look at it and say like that's a really poorly made movie I still <laughs> really enjoy it yeah. I was like looking at the rankings for the Friday the 13th movies the other night mm-hmm. and my two favorite ones are like two of the lowest graded mm-hmm. ones I love uh, part four final chapter and part nine Jason goes to hell and they're like two of the most poorly rated ones on there I'm like but they're so good because <laughs> I saw them when I was nine mm-hmm. it's like <clears throat> Batman Forever that yeah you, you'll love it and like we're all, we're I'm, I'm 29 you're 26 you're 26 so when we were kids Batman forever was the coolest fucking thing in oh, the world. that was our Batman it was awesome and then I watched it again when I was like 20 and I couldn't believe how terrible it was like wow that movie is terrible like, yeah it's it's a garbage fire shockingly horrible and so but with phantasm I guess I just expected too much I think that it, it's a movie that back in like 1985 if I was rooting through tapes in a store and like some guys like dude you like horror films check out Phantasm and it was like pitch black in my 80s basement I watched Phantasm I bet I would have loved it I was like wow what is what a shockingly great find this isn't it's it's not a bad movie it's just it's just not it's not mentioned in the same breath as like all the other uh, move like slasher flicks and things of mm-hmm. that nature from like you know mid to mid 70s to like late 80s early 90s when all those like classics were, you know, roam the land. Yeah. Um, I actually spoke with a guy because we had talked about this that you and I don't know anyone who was like, oh, Phantasm, it's so fucking good. Yeah. I actually met a guy who loves it. Who loves it. I was, uh, I was working the bar the other night, and a guy came in, and he has, uh, I don't want to blow the guy up, but you know, he has, a, he has a job with uh, programming at a, a local movie theater. And he does uh, a lot of horror movies that he puts in. And I asked him about Phantasm. Mm-hmm. And he said he loves it. And I was like, okay, I didn't love it. Tell me why you yes, love it. Yes, explain, his, please. His explanation was that it was the time he saw it, which ties back into you know, me liking 4 and 9 from Friday the 13th. He yeah. saw it when he was a young kid. So he has that attachment to it from his youth. Yeah. And that I can get behind. I can I understand that. I guess if we were that. the same age as Michael in the 80s, this would have been like a really cool kind of like Goonies-ish kind of experience. That, oh, yeah. it's about a young person. And his cool older brother, and this threat he realized he, he he witnesses. It's about a kid facing death, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, at, at the age of thirteen, I probably would have loved this. Actually, mm-hmm. while researching the movie, there was a little tagline on uh, one of the websites that the oftentimes the biggest fans of this movies are males age ten to thirteen. <laughs> sure. Which is really funny because it's it goes into like a you know 
when you're uh, like young boys and their fear of death mm-hmm. is essentially what it is. Sure. The tall man is, you know, supposed to be representative of death. And which... also he turns into a sexy woman who I think also represents the girl like going I think that, older I think that, having sex. That represents death too. Yeah, it's all it's all death. It's all death. Like, let me ask you, are you a Coscarelli? What's your experience of Coscarelli? Like, how do you, uh, how, have you known him prior to this? Uh, through Bubba Hotep. Yeah. You like he, Bubba Hotep? Big Bubba Hotep fan. Okay. Uh, only because I'm a fan of the source material. Um, I really love Joe R. Lansdale's work. He's written some really great books. He's written a couple Batman comics. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think he may have also written an episode or two for, uh, the animated TV show in the oh, 90s. That's right. I'm I not sure. Don't quote me on that one. But, sure. Um, Listeners, I really liked, quote him on that. Quote me. Yeah, I really liked Bubba Hotep a lot. I saw it. I was the right age for that one. It. Mm-hmm. I saw it when I was 15 or 16. It's a slow-moving movie. Yeah, but it's... I, I saw it when I was a little older, and I think I didn't really get that one either. I love the idea behind it. Clearly, I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. Mm-hmm. And when it started at the long monologue about the, the boils on his dick, I was yeah. like, oh, What's, is that? I, I thought this was gonna be cheesier and schlockier yeah. about Elvis biting a cowboy mummy. I just okay. I love that fact that it's uh, Elvis and John F. Kennedy, yes. who is black mm-hmm. because the government dyed him that color. Sure, uh, fighting the undead soul sucking zombie. Mm-hmm. I I really love that idea. I I've told you before. I love the uh, the idea of you know people banding together to fight a monster sure. and this is one of those really strange ones it's like scooby-doo on acid uh-huh. that's essentially how i put it because it's these two old fucks trying to solve this series of murders and it's in their nursing home yeah in their nursing home i really love it uh i, I would not like recommend like my wife sit down and watch it with me because it's <laughs> it really is something that like you have to have a certain taste yeah. for these kind of movies to sit down and watch but i found it enjoyable uh but that was my previous experience with uh him i had known from that time that he did direct Phantasm I just mm-hmm. when I was 16, 17 I just never really sought it out I see <clears throat> I was the same way like with Coscarelli for me that uh, I got into him because of John Dies at the End because okay. I'd, I'd been reading John Dies at the End as a serial novel when it started like coming out around what mid-aughts so that's when I started like getting a hold of it and I finally bought a copy of it in 20 shit 2011 or so the book John, John Dies at the End and I found out that in the introduction that David Wong, Jason Pargin, the writer of it, is a huge Phantasm fan. And he was, like, beyond thrilled that uh, Don Coscarelli wanted to do his movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I sought out the movie, and just like if this one, and I guess also Bubba Hotep, I walked in with an expectation, and when it didn't meet it, I didn't like it very much. But I don't doubt that it's good. I don't know, I think, like, I have not rewatched any of these things. So I feel like... Like, I, I like to do John Dies at the end at some point for the show, because okay. I, I feel like I need to finish watching that movie. But I I don't get it, I guess. Is that is that it? I, I don't get it. <clears throat> I think that's where we were both at with this when we watched. I mean, the, the resounding phrase that we kept saying was like, what the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> like, and it, it wasn't even like an outlandish, like, that was so crazy. It's just more like, what, what's like, the tone of this movie? Yeah, it's really all over the place. I mean, it... It's slow moving. There's yeah. not like the characters aren't really. Like, that what's the interesting. deal with Reggie? I, it, yeah, what's the deal with Reggie? People and apparently he he's in every one of these movies. Along he cameos with, in uh, Bubba Hotep. Oh, does he? Yes. That's funny. I like don't get. I like Reggie, but it was more like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie, Reggie? That, yeah, I like you, but wrong. I think you're in the wrong movie, guy. Yeah, it's true. There's a couple things in this that I I said you kind of get called back in later movies like. 
five minutes to the end, and this came up before this movie that I referenced, but I said to you, I was like, watch this movie, give a nightmare an Elm Street ending. Uh-huh. Which, if you really look at it, Elm Street came out in 84, so Elm Street's really doing a phantasm ending. Sure. But sim- the same ending, which, you know, getting sucked through the mm-hmm. stupid mirror and then, you know, credits. Where you're like, yeah. what the... F- I thought he killed the... To- is the tall man not even real? What does real? Mean? Is, I, I been dreaming he, the tall he's, man? He's dead? I guess we need to watch the sequels. Yeah, I mean, like... I, I don't really want same to. Guy I talk, <laughs> same guy I talked about, Phantasm, said the second one uh, is better. Is it like the difference between Evil Dead one and two that where they figured it out and start and and steered into the skid? Because if that's the case, if someone can guarantee me that he figured out what worked about the first one and doubled down on it for the second one, then I'm in. Yeah. But I don't based if someone it's if also, I only watched this and the video store guard was like, "Want to burn the second one?" I'd be like, "I don't know." Nah, I don't man, think he's so. gotta sell me on it harder. Yeah, give me terms of endearment again. Yeah, it's something crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's such a bizarre freaking movie uh i kind of after sitting on it for a week like i it's kind of gelling a little bit better in my mind to the point where my memories of it are fonder now than when we're sitting here watching it yeah i I would almost want to like watch it again in like a month just to kind of like get Mm -hmm. that second viewing just if it was playing at the movie theater you would go like i would would totally go i would totally see it on the big screen um and that was one of the movies that he did choose to put on the big screen oh did Uh, he missed uh, it my bar guy uh yeah he he did it a while ago, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might have been September from what he had said. I see. There's a movie theater around here that does a nice uh, Saturday night movie series. and yeah. we, work in the, we work in bars, so, so we, we don't to, ever get to do that. Yeah, don't get to do the fun things. This but month, we get the bar to ourselves on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's fantastic. We All get right, the best so service. Got some other little uh, fun things about the some movie. Some nuggets. Some nuggets. So like we said, 1979. I will give. I can't believe it's nineteen seventy nine. I really. Oh, but, sorry. To jump on that really quick. Um, did you see it follows? Yes. Did you like it follows? Uh, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. That's kind of you know I guess on the whole that's kind of my feeling about Phantasm as well that maybe I walked into this thing wanting it to do something it never meant to do. And you expected doing to see more thing. spheres running around. Yeah, I expected like awesome spheres and really sweet deaths. And I was not expecting a kind of honestly sincere, bittersweet story about accepting death. But it wasn't. Yeah. It 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 kind of straddled that line. And something if it follows, where I was walking in expecting this hardcore, awesome, smart horror film, and then that you got wasn't more it either. Psychological thriller. Yeah, than exactly. Horror movie. So in this movie, when there's that very oddly long part where it's just uh, Jody playing the guitar, and then Reggie pulls up and is like, "Hey, man, I want to play the guitar too." And they sit there and play guitar for like three minutes. I'm like, what? What is this movie? I don't... Where's the spheres? Yeah, why are like, you playing guitar? Why playing guitar? And I guess it's like... That, that makes you think like the 1979-ish feel of it. It's that his intention was to make a movie that made sense to him. A kind of quiet story that... I, I think in nearly any other movie, if there was a three-minute guitar breakdown between two likable characters, I would have been like, sweet. This is a cool I can get thing. behind this, but you, there, like there this. was not enough character building for them to warrant that like three-minute guitar solo moment. I think I need to rewatch it because maybe, maybe that's that's still true. But looking back now, I'm like, oh, that, that's I'm glad he did that. What a pastoral thing he did. Uh, yeah, it's an odd movie. <laughs> I got nothing for you. On that. Yeah, it's like I don't get it. All right, whatever. But sorry, you, go on with your bits. Oh, not because you just led me into something. I was just thinking about mm-hmm. the uh, spoiler alert. Uh, end of the movie, you find out everything's pretty much been a dream. 
and that his brother died in a car wreck. And I kept noticing, and I was mm-hmm. questioning this to myself, and I didn't vocalize it, but why they? I was wondering why they kept doing, like, every time his older brother would leave, mm-hmm. you know, and get in his little car, they'd always do, like a, like, a face shot of him driving his car, which I always thought was weird. Like, why are you doing it every single time he gets in his oh. car? And I'm like... Because just wondering if that died. was a little bit of like a foreshadowing sure. kind of thing. I don't know. That's random thought that popped <laughs> yeah, into my head. I, I think us not liking this movie is on us. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That, I don't I, think I, it has anything to do with the, the movie itself. Yeah. I think it's I think it's us. It's acted so, pretty decently. I mean, script wise, it's it obviously has something going on in I, it that I, we don't I know about. Really got it. Can't touch upon. I didn't like the lead kid. I thought he was too shrill and weird. That I think that a different kid would have done a better job, I think. But, you know, he just reminded me of, like, I don't know, just a fucking little girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jody, you can't go without me, Jody. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's he like, was a little. I think that a different kid would have done Shrill is actually the correct word. Yeah. And apparently, like, people, like, rioted when he replaced, when Cuscarelli replaced him for the sequel. And then he came back for, like, three, four, and five. It's the same actor. Maybe he gets better as it goes on, but... I, I, I think that my, my knee-jerk rejection of this movie is because of the kid. Uh, let me find his name. Yeah. I'll keep going with my little notes yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, please. Uh, so, Coscarelli, got to give it up to him, though. He directed, wrote, photographed, co-produced, edited all by himself. What a pro. Yeah, he uh, didn't have enough money to hire the uh, the editor or uh, anyone to handle the camera, so he did it himself. It's uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. On a little bit of a... Bu- Michael Baldwin. That's the M- name Michael of Michael Baldwin. Yeah. He... Uh, Got this on a nice little bit of a shoestring budget, uh, $300,000. I'm sure inflation, that's a little bit more. Sure. 1977 or mm-hmm. 78 when they were filming. Uh, most of the money actually came through his father okay. for funding the movie, as well as lawyers and doctors in the area. Sure. Uh, so this has been in, uh, filmed in San Fernando Valley, so somewhere in Southern California areas where they're raising all the money, even though yeah. the movie's supposed to be set in Oregon. Sure. we had thought when we were watching, like, this looks a lot like Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then, Yep, it's in the Pennsylvania of the West Coast, Oregon. Yeah. The script was rewritten and improvised on set numerous times. So they had a little bit of a script that had like something of a linear sure. plot somewhere they wanted to go, but they were, uh, as and I quote the Reggie character, played by Reggie, <laughs> as we were flying by the seat of our pants while filming this movie. So there was a, they let him do a lot of improv and... You know, it seemed like he had a somewhat of an idea what he wanted to do with the script. Um, the balls were in the original script. Those okay. actually came from a nightmare that Mr. Cascarelli had had, but they did not have the drilling feature. Sure. Do you think the dream. genesis of the movie was the balls? Uh, I don't know where the genesis of the movie really would have come from. It seems like I would almost guess that he had someone close to him die and kind of wrote like this script to kind of like have a little bit of uh you know get a little bit of that grief out because mm-hmm. it does come across as a little bit personal yeah there are some moments like you know the parents dying and then her friend dying and then his brother died like yeah. there's a lot of death in this movie and it's all people that are very close so it's not like hey my uh my sister's you know boyfriend's kid brother died we have no connection to it uh-huh. but like this is actually and he had all people... these balls yeah and he had all these balls <laughs> Uh, Big swinging metal balls. I'm not sure where the impetus of the for writing the script came from, but I we'll think see. he had mentioned something about like that he had met Angus Scrim, who plays the tall man, like, and he was like, "Man, this guy'd be a great villain." But I think that I read that much. But I actually, uh, did, wanna... this, did this movie scare you at all? Did you would you think this movie was scary? I think the scariest element for me was just the the dwarves. It's, That's it's, it's yeah. That, that was actually one of my questions for you. Was any was there anything in here scary? And from my angle, I, there wasn't really nothing that like scared me. Even if I would have watched this at like 
12, 13, I probably would not have been scared. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing that's, there's no, not a lot of like jump scenes. Um, there's a little bit of gore, but anything that bleeds, like when they cut off uh, Tall Man's fingers, yeah. he gets his hand slammed in a door. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mikey, the name Mikey. Yeah, Michael and Dirty. Michael, he uh, cuts off his fingers through the door and they're bleeding like yeah. yellow. Mm-hmm. And then he saves one of his fingers, like a creepy serial killer yeah. in the making. And like that's gonna prove that like it totally all these did, weird though. things in these towns are happening. I saved I, a finger. That's one thing I, I did moving. enjoy about the movie is that like it didn't progress the way I thought these movies normally do. Mm-hmm. That like he shows the finger to Jody, and my my brain that's just seen like a billion movies is like blah 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 something's gonna happen. But instead, Jody's like, I believe you. Yeah, that like, was a really nice. I was like, surprise. oh, okay, cool, great, let's move on. Which believe you about what? Like I saw the guy lift a. A casket. <laughs> what more is there? Is the... It's like, what do, you, what do you, who cares? He's strong. He he's was a really a, strong guy. He used to work in the circus, and now yeah, he, he opened really up. really tall. Maybe he's just a freak. Yeah. Maybe he's just a freak, and you're picking on him. You yeah. know what? Come this on, was, Michael. Everything that happened to Michael in this movie is his fucking He deserved fault. it. I, I'm, I'm oh, taking the stance. Little brat. He's just being a spy. He's peeping on Jody, about to have sex on some some blonde, and then he totally interrupts by running and screaming. That's true. Jody could have uh, fucked the tall man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ugh. That's the part that was so... That was probably the scariest part to me. Yeah. Is that this crazy, creepy old guy turns into this strange-looking blonde. She's got a, she's got a weird-looking nose. Yeah. Some, nice boobs. Yeah, nice boobs. Good, good boobs. Yeah, that's this the way, movie has good boobs, everybody. This movie actually opens with violence and sex. Hell yeah. Title theme. Well, sex and violence. I'm talking Chris goes first. No, they have sex first, and then she stabs him. Yeah. Yeah, so it is sex and violence. Yeah, and it's, it's just kind of like... I like, switched it on myself thinking I was being clever. <laughs> I, I thought you were. I, I totally wouldn't have like known if you hadn't pointed it out. Yeah. But, um, pointed it out. Hell yeah. Any other questions? We've been uh, going along at a good pace. So yeah, nothing that was scary from both of our angles. I guess it was uh, just that it's creepy that the villain turns into a woman who has sex with her victims and then kills them. The thing I really liked about that is that when she when she turns back into um, the tall man, he's fully clothed. I think that I think it would have been creepier in a gross way if it was tall man naked with old man tits just yeah. hanging. Yeah, I think that, that it was a smart choice to make it just like the haha, you weren't really fucking me at all. It's actually just me, the tall man. It it, it took away an icky factor. It just made it weird. It because it would have been gross. Uh, I don't know. The the icky factor to me was when Jody's trying to hook up with this tall man blonde chick and mm-hmm. he's got like panties in his mouth and I'm like <laughs> oh so, old balls so does the t- like that's what I'm curious about does the tall man have like undergarments that are feminine mm-hmm. or does it just like you know through magic change like everything oh boy I can't wait for you to see what's it called just to kill oh goodness oh, uh, we got we got a lot of things to do here yeah coming uh, up next let's see a couple other questions for you um, do you think the themes were too on the nose with tall man representing death I kind of felt they yeah, were. Yeah, they were, but it wasn't too big a deal. I think this is this is a well-told enough story. Again, maybe this might be rose-colored glasses. I'm sure maybe if I yeah. sat down again, I'd be like, wait a minute! But the intention is there. That, yeah. Okay, like, this is a movie where clearly Don Coscarelli cared a lot. And I, I'm willing to forgive a lot of movies that really put forth an effort. I feel effort. like we're talking ourselves into liking yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think we completely... Like, we started out with, fuck this movie, yeah, and now we're like, you know what, actually... We circled back around to, like, it's, 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 I don't, I don't want to hate Phantasm. I think, immediately, I was like, what the fuck was this? But, you know, maybe... They had, it had heart. It had heart, it had heart kid. It had know? heart, kid. It's like, you did, can't did you really... see uh, Don John, the uh, Joseph no. Gordon-Levitt movie? <laughs> I kind of avoided it. It's good. Is it? It's one of those movies that like this that... 
even though it's not that original, it's not that big, it's clearly a movie where the writer, director, and star really, really, really cared about making it the best movie he could possibly make it. And if it didn't work on every level, it's because he wasn't ready yet. So okay. maybe for all you know, I that's think his first directorial his first effort. Movie. Yeah. I think that maybe Jiggles' next movie might be really, really great. And for all we know, the next Phantasms are actually stupid good. Like if I only watched Evil Dead One, I'd be like, "Man, yeah. that was a pretty scary movie." If it was, a, it was a bit much. I, I, I think it could have been funnier. And then, and I never watched Evil Dead Two. I'd probably yeah. write off Evil Dead for the rest of my life. Yeah, but then you miss out on the Evil Dead Two ending. Oh God, I love so it so sweet. much. Love it so much. Ah, that's great. Uh, that actually leads into the other one. The uh, other question I have for you then: Is it worth it to continue the series? Because there's at least I would like to get to Phantasm too. Yeah. Whether or not we do it for the show, I'm saying yes. But what's I your think vote? we have to, but I think it's only because we talked ourselves into it. Okay. I think that we'll like, see, if, uh, if at the beginning of the talk, if we had said let's watch it now, I'd be like no. I think on record, I literally just said I don't want to watch two, and yeah. now I do. <laughs> and all it we took was it. twenty minutes of talking <laughs> to convince yourself. We made uh, it happen. That's funny. All right, we'll get to two eventually. And uh, let's see. Who is creepier, the tall man or Reggie? I like Reggie. I really do. You know who's creepier? He's kinda... I think Reggie, if I didn't know, if I like, if you presented two pictures to me, one of the tall man, one of Reggie, without any context, I'd say Reggie's creepier. Okay, I'm saying Reggie's creepier just because of the ending of this movie where he's yeah, like, he's, like... he's kind of like in his weird creepy outfit right by just the like, fireplace right by the fireplace holding Mike and he's just like <laughs> go get your things we'll go on the road together like, oh. it's like oh man I can't wait to see this it's Nambla the movie oh boy yeah it's it was kind of creepy I didn't yeah. find Tall Man creepy I was like I want more backstory on Tall Man I yeah. think that's what I want out of Phantasm what? 2 so I again I was zoning out what was the point of the alternate world and the dwarves? What was happening? They're enslaved, and their gravity there makes them shorter or something. But why? I, I, what, what, what is it? I, I got nothing for you, dude. Was I not paying, like, did I not pay attention to this, and is that why, or did they don't explain it? I, we both might have not been paying attention, because at this point, <laughs> it's like the movie was like kind of getting to its like wrap-up point. This is like 15 minutes out from it ending, yeah. and like once they throw the alternate dimensions into it, like with 15 minutes left to go in the movie, I think I threw up my hands, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, Fuck I was like, movie. sure, whatever, what's going on? Yeah. Like, I, can I we just of, kill like, this fucking guy already eyes. so we can watch the fucking credits? Yeah, then it ended, and it's like, oh, and then you said literally, Nightmare on Elm Street ending. Yeah, and, and then... it happened. Well, that's phantasm ending, but... Yep. Uh, and my last question for you. Yes, Ryan. Is this a triumph for indie filmmaking or a how-to, uh, how-not-to guide? I think this is absolutely a triumph of indie filmmaking. That, like, what I, what I respect more than anything is that he did it by the force of his will, by the skin of his teeth. And besides that, he made something kind of, kind of original. And something has stood the test of time, become a yeah. cult classic in its own Yeah, room. I'm looking at the box right now. It's, it's, it's made of love. And, like, ugh, God, Reggie, I just... Like clearly he. Why is that the character that could carry? Yeah, over? exactly. That's the thing, <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, he wanted to do some. He did some Altman directing by having everyone improvise their lines, like. Uh, it, see, it got this, him, we're talking about Reggie. He's magnetic in his own way, even if he's a creeper. It's the he's the everyman of the movie. Yeah. I do want to show you eventually, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space because sure. it also features uh, two brothers. Reggie? Two brothers no. who run an ice cream truck oh, who boy. happen to, spoiler alert, save the day. Hey! And it's wonderful. And they, <laughs> they do a much better, they really lean into the craziness of, like, two grown men running an ice cream truck. Sure. And, like, they're, you know, they're adorable. Okay. They're fighting killer clowns. I'm in. I, I'm yeah. 100% in. I think that's where we, I, one of my picks in the future. I don't know if that's my next pick, but. Okay. Yeah. 
Any other thoughts on this? Did you have any questions you needed answered? Not really. I think we kind of like hit all the points together. We, we kind of uh, we we worked around it, and I think we convinced ourselves to like this movie. Yeah. All right. So number two, it's we're gonna put it on the list. Yeah, it's coming up. We'll figure right. it out. All right, we'll get there. All mm-hmm. right. So uh, we're wrapped up on that movie. What's the next one we're watching? We're gonna do Dress to Kill, the Brian De Palma film. Sell me on it. Uh, it's. A... We're watching it. Shut the fuck we're up. We're watching it. It's about to happen. It's. I personally don't know how I feel about it. Okay. It's sexy, but also it takes fucking forever. You'll see. I think you, you'll find things to like about it and things that you think are trash about it, because that's what I feel about it, and we'll see. All right. There's boobs. It's depalming. Yeah, there's a lot of boobs, and it's violent, and it's, like, psychosexual. I'm so down with that. It, it's a criterion. Oh, okay. And that's going to be what, like my number one question to you when we come to the episode. It's, Ryan, why do you think this movie's a criterion? Wow, you already have questions ready. Yeah, I'm on it, baby. All right. All right, so that'll do it for this week. Let's uh, let's get on that movie, and then we'll uh, we'll be back for another exciting episode of Sex and Violence. That's it for this week, guys. My name's Ryan Snyder. I'm Gabriel Mara. Thanks for uh, listening. Sex and Violence. <laughs>